0: Hi there. This is Danny Klein Modiset, welcoming you to the Afterbirth podcast, where we feature real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Okay, today we're featuring a story by writer producer Christian Duguay called James Bond Therapist. It was recorded at the M Bar in 2012. Hope you like it. Just because the mic's here, I'm going to bring up your next performer. He's tall, and you may have seen him on uh, Mad TV. Please welcome Christian Duguay. Last month, I was on uh, vacation with my twin seven-year-old son and daughter in New England. And uh, our week was over, and we were driving through uh, to Boston Logan Airport. We were driving through a town called Revere, Massachusetts. And um, I said, hey, guys, you... Yeah, Revere. Uh, I said, you guys know who this town is named after? And they said, who? And I said, "Uh, Paul Revere. And they said, Paul Revere? Who's Paul Revere? And I said... "Uh, Paul Revere, I, who's Paul Revere, I had no idea who Paul Revere was and I remembered Paul Revere was famous for shouting the British are coming the British are coming and they said why did he do that and I said why did he do that why I was asking myself the exact same question why did he do that and uh, truthfully I didn't care um I just, I was trying to think of um, the one thing I couldn't stop thinking about. Um, An hour earlier, we had driven past a town uh, we had vacationed in when the kids were three. um, And uh, when we drove through there, um, we were a family of four, and I had a wife. Four summers ago, we were in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and my wife and I had left the kids uh, with her grandparents, and we were driving to visit a friend of hers from high school And she said, uh, I don't think I love you anymore. And I said, this this is not a good vacation. (laughs) This is bad. I went back to uh, her grandparents' house. I let her go ahead. Um, I was terrified. This didn't feel like any fight we'd had before. But 30 minutes later, I was putting the kids to bed uh, in a guest room at a grandparents' house. And I was trying unsuccessfully to sing them to sleep. And uh, I was singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and I noticed the the laptop in the corner. And I hadn't, uh, it was her laptop, and uh, I hadn't considered that she had been cheating on me until that moment. Um, But I I doubted there'd be any kind of solid evidence to discover. Um, The first email I I saw was addressed to a close friend of ours, and it it had a picture of her in a pair of schoolgirl socks. And the rest of her was not wearing the socks. And uh, I turned to my son, and daughter, and they were staring back at me, and my daughter said, Daddy, sing. And I uh, didn't sing. I said, Daddy, I'll be right back, guys. And I called my wife, and the first thing she said was, uh, it's not what you think, which apparently is what a person actually says when they're caught cheating. <laughs> it just seems like such a cheap throwaway line, like something that Jack and Janet would say to Mr. Roper in an episode of Three's Company. <laughs> but I wanted so badly to believe her that I did. And I told myself, it's not what you think. It's not what I think. And uh, even when her father heard heard, heard about it, he took me out for a drive along the ocean. And he said, I don't think it's what you think it is. I said, I don't think it's what I think it is. All three of us didn't think it was what we thought it was. But but a side note, they live together now. So I think it was what I thought it was. But all of us were trying to put on our bravest faces uh, for the sake of the vacation. But we all knew but we still had to fly home together as a family. And I don't know if you've ever flown with children. Uh, It's very difficult, but flying with children when you just found out your wife has had an affair is the worst case perfect storm scenario in terms of travel nightmares. I was afraid, uh, I'm already terrified of flying. I was afraid that we would crash and equally afraid that we would just arrive safely It was like we were flying away from our life together. My kids kept crying about everything, air pressure, their ears popping, not enough snacks. One wanted the window shade open, the one other didn't. I wasn't there for most of it. I was drinking in the lavatory, crying. When we were over uh, Ohio, I was already drunk. And when we got to Los Angeles, I was already hungover. When we got back, it was clear um, that my wife was in the middle of a very deep, very idiotic love affair. Uh, There was no bringing her back. The emails didn't stop, and as painful as they were, I couldn't stop reading them. They were so poorly written. (laughs) In one email, she described the first time they'd had sex. He had picked her up, and they had toppled against walls, knocking everything down, knocking books off of shelves. I thought, do people really do that? Do they knock books off of shelves? I thought, maybe, maybe these two did. Maybe... Their genitals became so electrified and frenzied. They just needed to demolish everything in their sex path. It was almost as though they hadn't had sex, but they had seen what it looked like on cable. I, I would picture her with her lover lighting hundreds of candles spinning in those sheer canopied bed covers. Maybe covered the room in rose petals and they danced to Peter Cetera for a while before they (laughs) destroyed the mattress with their lovemaking. Uh, My wife and I would fight under our breath so the kids wouldn't hear. Uh, My three-year-old daughter, sensing something was wrong, once said, what are you guys saying? And I felt so much shame that it had come to this, that our daughter um, was looking up and not understanding what was happening, and I had no words for her. There was no way to explain to the kids what was happening. But my therapist gave me this book called something like, uh, It's Not Your Fault, Coco Bear. And I couldn't bring myself to read it. I just thought, do they want to hear about bears divorcing? Is that? But I leafed through it, it kinda helped me. Uh, Within a month, their mother had moved out and uh, um, I did what any single father would do. I bought a rabbit. It's a horrible pet. Uh, Then I bought a cat, I got a dog, and a lizard. And a fish. It was like I was trying to build a new wife with animals. But uh, it it wasn't working, I was crying. I would cry in the bathroom while the kids were playing. I'd sing them to sleep, I'd cry in bed. One night I cried so hard I ran out of energy and just lied there waiting to get a second wind so I could start crying again. But uh, then I discovered this strange therapy. I had uh, ordered the first Daniel Craig, James Bond movie on Netflix. And I put it in one night, and I started watching it over and over. And uh, I watched it for weeks. Daniel Craig was easily the best James Bond I'd ever seen. And this Bond had feelings like no other Bond. And um, he was betrayed and devastated, and he came back and he won. And I wanted to be James Bond with kids and a rabbit. I wanted to be cool and incredible under pressure. And I was pretty sure James Bond wouldn't bring his kids to a birthday party only to have the host open the door and say, I'm sorry, it was actually yesterday. (laughs) James Bond wouldn't take his kids on a camping trip and arrive at the campsite after the sun went down, forcing his friends who feel sorry for him to help him build the tent, dragging them away from their own camping experiences. James Bond doesn't take Ambien. Making them hallucinate, ten minutes before falling asleep, creating indecipherable paintings, and eating all of his children's cereal at midnight. (laughs) But nevertheless, watching that James Bond like fifty times in a row, it inspired me. If nothing else, I could I could be better. It gave me a target to shoot for. I could become strong, a great single father with multiple girlfriends and a great male physique. I could at least do the first part. Four years later, my ex-wife lives with a guy who she had an affair with. Uh, My kids are with her 50% of the time. I'm obviously not James Bond. I'm easily 50 pounds heavier than Daniel Craig. Sadly, there are no transcontinental speedboats flying across oceans to produce television. I still take Ambien. The rabbit was sadly eaten by a coyote recently. It's my fault. Left him on the balcony. I (laughs) took... I told him that he died of old age. Which is, just picture a rabbit with a beard. But we still have the cat, the dog, and the lizard. They don't care about the animals. Just as an example, the cat's name is Waffle, the lizard's name is also Waffle. We can't think of another name, no, we just, we like waffles. Uh, Am I graceful under pressure? Not really. Uh, I made it through my first vacation with my kids as a single father though. And although I barely got us to the airport on time, we made the flight. As we descended into Los Angeles, um, I thought about that flight four years ago. And I felt like we were all flying away from our lives into a terrifying future. And a lot of what happened, especially that first year, was terrifying i have been betrayed devastated. i pulled myself together, though, and I'd won. Not by becoming Bond, but by becoming a good single dad. A better dad than I might have been had I remained married. I was proud of how far I'd come as the plane taxied into the gate. My kids and I will remember that vacation. And maybe someday we can crack over It's Not Your Fault Cocoa Bear and find out what a really good bear divorce looks like. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Okay, for more information about Afterbirth, the book, the live show, or to comment on the podcast, please go to afterbirthstories.com. And thank you for listening.